Chapter 3 A Loss in the Sands The company was now within half day's ride of the spell-fallen riders of the Black Realms. The lands of Ash lay not six days ahead, but still many obstacles stood in the way. For it was only a four-mile ride until the companions would come upon the sands of Elith Girin, or better known as the Vile Sands. It was a route that no steed could travel, and the companions would be forced to walk on foot. But this was the least of their troubles. The deed of stopping the Dark Lord's minions before their retrieval of the Black Sword was greater still, and it hung like a great storm cloud. How wondrous it feels to be out that dead force. If my great fathers will forgive me, and into the fresh air, my part will strike in the dead. But how cold it is out here in the wild. Aye, winter draws near, but I be thinking it not a natural winter. The darkness is spreading like the floating leaves of Baal. The seasons have become corrupt since the start of the war. We shall be in warmth soon enough, my friends, and then we may wish to have the cold once again. Erelor is right. The sands of Elith Gear are just over that hill. Not even the winter can prevent that single ray of sunlight from shining upon the sands. The final sands be one of the wonders of Etherrealm, I say. Why is it here, and why does the sun always shine upon it? Not even the oldest cancer. The children of Lumberman often said that it was the place in which the lieutenant of the heavens and the two demons held the first battle. That is also, as they say, in Timberu. Although a corrupt place, I should not be minded in seeing it. Many dangers lurk in the vile sands. Few have returned from it and those that have returned have been unable to speak of what they saw. Out of fear? I do not know. Whatever the case, we cannot let this desert stand in the way of Etherum's safety. Aye. Compared to the wickedness of the Dark Blade, the fire stands be but a speck of dirt. Whispers float upon the wind. It is nearly time for the shadows of Borak Midroth. Let us ride quickly now. We will not rest in the sands of Elith Girin, for they may claim our lives should we stop. We will travel through night and day until we have reached their end. Yeah! They reached the borders of the desert lands before long. The sands of Elith Girin were vast and appeared to be unending. It would be a long journey the companions would have to endure for the sake of Etherrealm. I do not be taken well to the thought of even Brynny and Sham behind like this. You need not fear for them, Dorn. Derimwil and Herodwil will lead your ponies to safety. The safest place around here is Elhul. I would highly suggest how they're going. They will go to where you speak. Now, let us be off. The vile sands await. I'm beginning to be regretting what I said before. Come, Master Dwarf. We shall travel these sands together. And so they set off upon the sands. As they took their first steps into the desert, they were immediately engulfed by the ray of sunlight that shone down from above. Before them, the vastness of bright sands loomed. 
It would be a long journey indeed, and it would take all their strength to weather the darkness ahead. The shadows weighed heavy upon them, but the knowledge that all Aetherrealm was depending on them kept their minds strong and their hearts valiant. They would keep going until their mission was finished. This cursed sunlight be as hot as the winter is cold. I now befriended myself wishing to be in chillier weather. We must not let this stop us. We must travel on. Can we not be resting just a while? I've been walking for three hours now. Come, Master Dwarf. The longer we walk, the sooner we will be out of these cursed sands. One can only wonder what fell entities await in this desert. Many a dark tale have the trees told. Servants of the Dark Lord are said to have been seen out in this barren world. Then they shall be making friends with my hammer. These are not ordinary servants, Master Thor. Nothing ordinary exists in this cursed world. Stop. Stop. There is a song on the wind. Then it is real. I first began hearing it halfway into the last mile of our walk. As did I, yet I did not pay attention to it. What kind of song? Instruments, if I hear correctly. If I didn't be known any better, I'd be saying that we was back in Hormengard, and that it was the sounds of a nearby tavern that you be hearing. But no tavern can exist in these wastelands. Nevertheless, the song is there. Let us climb over that next dune. Perhaps then our eyes can behold the source of this mystery. The four followed their dwarven companion until they reached the tall dune that loomed before them. They climbed up it and then laid on their bellies and peered over the top. And a strange sight indeed was beheld. Because he made it is impossible. Before their eyes and down the other side of the dune lay, much to their surprise and incomprehension, a tavern. Inside and out, people danced and drank. Women there were, and men, most of whom were dressed in the bronze and silver armor of Tirithgar. It was the most impossible sight, and the company was dumbfounded for a long time. Trick? I... I... I, I, I don't know. But Kent says I wouldn't turn down a pint of beer if it were offered to me. I don't know about this. Something is not right here. You're right. It's much too dangerous. Dorn! Just one point! Well, I can't say that I would turn down a place to rest. Terelor, have you forgotten the task at hand? That smell. It's... It's... Elfbrod. The best pipe read in Ara. I can't say I wouldn't turn down just the smoke. I, uh... uh perhaps... Uh, perhaps... Uh, maybe just a quick puff. Ooh. This is most terrible.
all the companions, save for Ludwig, who stayed outside, entered the tavern. Inside, a fabulous band of gnomes and goblins played away on their instruments. Dawn and Erelor sat at the bar, and both took up a great mug of foaming ale, while Elebrar and Aileen sat on a feather couch and smoked the elf broad in their long wooden pipes. It was almost like heaven. Almost. Yep. A Whittian beer. It'd be the best drink a dwarf can have. A bit strong for me, Master Dwarf. <coughs> I prefer pure and unadulterated Castlehelm wine myself. Bah! A child's drink. Pour yourself a mug of Horwoodian. You'll get used to the tangy taste after a few gulps. Thank you, but no. I hope you gents be enjoying yourselves. Aye. Good, very good. Let me know if you'll be needing anything else. Say, did anyone ever tell you you'll be talking funny? What was that? My sword fell. Sword. Sword. Say, wasn't wasn't we doing something that had to do with something about a sword or something? I don't think. Black. I. That was it. The sword black. All at once, the music stopped, and everything halted where it was. The dancing and drinking patrons froze as if time itself had stopped. The only people moving were Erelor, Dawn, Elebrar, and Aileen. Each shared worried glances. What dark sorcery is this? Yeah, I think we'd be leaving now. I think the dwarf is right. Slowly, the companions came together and back toward the doorway. The skin color of the patrons began to change to a dark shade of gray. And then, these now gray humanoids began to move slowly. They seemed to crumble as they moved, as if they were made of hardened dirt. Slowly, they walked toward the companions, what was left of their eyes, noses, and mouths crumbled away as their faces were left blank. Suddenly, Ludmood stuck his great head through the doorway. Do grace! Get out now! Do grace upon you! The companions stumbled out of the doorway and took flight back up the sand dune. As they looked back, the company now beheld that the tavern was a broken old shack that looked to be a thousand years old. Also looking back, the companions saw that Dawn had not come with them. He was still just inside the doorway. What are you doing? Be quiet. I put you to work at last. Dawn swung the great hammer into one of the tavern's columns and shattered it with one stroke. The shack began to wobble and creak. The dwarf took the axe to another column. Doomwraiths were now almost upon him. Back to the chasm I sent you! The hammer split the column in half, and it was enough. The shack creaked and shook violently, and finally gave way. 
crashed to the ground in a heap of wood and ash. Suddenly, the sun reduced to a single ray that centered on the wreckage. The desert began to quake, and thunder rolled overhead. And all at once, the broken shack began to sink into the sand. From over the dune, the companions watched as the black heap disappeared. It was gone, and dawn was nowhere in sight. For long hours they searched. Thudmu dug into the sand with his great arms, and Aileen used spells of sense to try and feel out where the dwarf might have fallen, but to no avail. Alas, whatever company has fallen. And so passes Dorn Hammerhelm, son of King Dandor. And outcast of Ormengard. And now, he shall never prove his innocence. We may still yet be able to prove his innocence. Let us keep our promise to the fallen. When our business with the Black Sword is done, we shall go to Hormengard and find this traitor and bring our friend's name to innocence. We must leave now. The riders of Borog Midroth will have woken by now. Goodbye, my friend. They went on then, leaving behind the land where a friend had fallen. The strides of the companions were slow for many miles as their minds wandered into the thoughts of the departed.